When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another edition of the Bad Podcast. As we talk about Ohio State sports, specifically the Ohio State football Buckeyes, I am Doug LaMaurice. That's the D with Bill Landis. He's the B. Mm -hmm. And Ari Wasserman, he's the A. We are the Ohio State coverage team for Cleveland.com. So turn off this podcast right now. Go to Cleveland.com slash OSU. Read at least like 15 stories and then come back and listen to the rest of this. Bill, last week no one listened to the podcast. No, nobody listened. Um, we also asked for mailbag questions last week and this week and no one responded. No one. one person one person claims they saw you and I, or no, he said, he asked me if I was in Bexley and I said no. And he said, oh, I thought I almost just ran you and Doug Maurice over in my car. I was like, well, that definitely wasn't us, but that was our mailbag question for this week. Are you in, are you in Bexley? So if you're, if, you're, if you're listening and you are one of the loyal people who listened last week, uh, yeah, send us questions if you want life advice. So you, do you think people think uh, that... The three of us just like share an apartment and just yeah. like go grocery yeah. shopping and it's like perfect strangers plus one. I yeah. mean, the thing is, is that like if any of the three of us were in Bexley, it'd probably be me. I don't even know where that place is. I don't know what <laughs> what is Bexley. Is it's a, a uh, suburb in the on the east side of Columbus. That's a very traditionally it's a traditional community. Do they have uh, chain restaurants there? There's like a Panera and stuff. Okay, that's like where like where like the Schottensteins live. It's like the old. There's like a street in Bexley uh, called Parkview that has some of like the old like Columbus mansions, um, and then like you yeah, know, it's just a nice. There. It's like a nice old neighborhood like with hundred year old houses that are nice. Yeah, that's out of my league. <laughs> I um, dated a girl there. That's oh, we gotta start. Is this the <laughs> RA dating topic? We just finished like a twenty minute RA texting rant that that might appeal to the younger. Listeners, it made my head hurt because it made dating sound very difficult. But I think the point was that dating is difficult. Is that correct? Must be nice just to be married and just not have to ever worry about it. I bet your wife texts you back. <laughs> I I have never dated in the cell phone era, so yeah, I don't know what it's like. No snaps, no tweets, no texts, no Instagrams. There's a lot going on. How many dating apps are on your cell phone? Five. You want to hear them? <laughs> One of these dating apps needs to, to sponsor this podcast. List your dating apps. J-Swipe. Bumble. <laughs> these are not real names. Tinder. Um, I'm going down. I'm hold going on. I'm Tinder. which ones. Happen. Hinge. <laughs> just, just people in a room in Brooklyn throwing about, words at them. 
refrigerator yeah. door. Oh, let's call it Bumble. <laughs> yeah. It's apparently like it's like a play on bees, and like everybody comes to the hive. I think is the. Are you on Sprocket? I don't know. Have you that. tried Sprocket? <laughs> no, it's, I'm actually developing it. Um, okay, we're we're here to talk about things other than Ari's dating life. If the people want a half hour podcast on Ari's dating life, we will give it to them later on. Um, so give us a comment on what you think of that. But we want to talk about evaluating the Ohio State Buckeyes and how that should be done right now. Because I think there is some conflict over how the Buckeyes should be gauged because they are one of the remaining Power 5 undefeated teams. There are only six of them. They are the defending national champions. They are the number three team in the country in the latest college football playoff ratings that came out on Tuesday. But I think they're also a team that is certainly open to, at the very least, evaluation. Maybe criticism isn't the right word. Um, but I don't buy, we won our games, we won our games, everything's fine. You know, I don't, I don't think the schedule allows you to evaluate them that way. And I don't think the standard allows you to evaluate them that way. Because it's not just about were you good enough on Saturday to beat the, the mediocre team that the schedule happened to lay in front of you. It's about are you playing at a level to win again. And I think that's what the standard is here, and I think that's okay. So one thing I want to bring up as we evaluate Ohio State right now and we think about them, they are 9-0, and correct? They are 9-0. and Yep. Yep. A year ago, Ohio State's ninth win of the season, excuse me, ninth game of the season, when they moved to 8-1, and one, was at Michigan State. So after nine games a year ago, we had a pretty good idea. They had a win on the road in a revenge game against a very good team where they looked very, very good. And nine games in, you could sit and say, if that's the Ohio State team that is going to play every Saturday, that team showed me something. That team, I don't know if they're going to get in the playoff or not, but that team looked good. Nine games in, we don't have that. Part of that is the schedule because they haven't played that team yet. They haven't played Michigan State yet. But we have not seen that. So if people are going to ask me, how do you evaluate them compared to last year? A lot of people are trying to say, hey, you know, they look, they seem a lot like last year. Nine games in, I would say, no, they don't because they don't have that kind of win. Does that make sense to you, Bill, that we have not had the platform to evaluate them in the same way? Is that okay to still maybe doubt this team in a way that maybe we weren't doubting last year because they had that Michigan State win? Yeah, the idea to me, and it seems like it's been kind of... <clears throat> It's been there all year. It's like this team is above, I think you said it, the word criticism. And it's not like, every, I don't think there's a team in the country that's above criticism. And Ohio State, for as good as it was last year and all the players they had coming back, what what has happened this season that you can look at them and say, yeah, they're they're the number one team in the country. They should be number one. There's not a doubt in my mind they're going to win the whole thing. They haven't had the stage. Well, not, I don't even know if that's true. I think they've had some stages. If they want to go out and beat every team 48 to nothing like we thought they would this year when we said they averaged 50 points per game. I think that is is about as good as it gets in terms of evaluating a team who has a softer schedule and, and the schedule is kind of backloaded. Um, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm kind of rambling here. But you want to cut me off, Art? Listen, one of, one of the things is, as the committee evaluates Baylor, they talk mm. about backloaded schedule, they talk about 
that they haven't beaten anybody. And, and I hear that, and I hear the same thing for Ohio State. You know, Baylor has not beaten a team with a winning record. Ohio State has beaten three teams with winning records. Two of them are MAC teams, okay? Mm. So they're not power conference teams. The only power conference team with a winning record that Ohio State beat is Penn State. And if you're telling me they're number three in the country because they beat Penn State, I'm I'm not buying that. You know, Oklahoma State just beat TCU, and they are not ahead of Ohio State in the rankings. And and honestly, as much as some people could maybe make an argument for Ohio State to be number one, I think you could make the same argument for Ohio State to be number five. Yeah, because of the platform and because they haven't played those teams. But I I think that if you really want to be honest with yourself, more than anything, I think this team. This year and what Ohio State's done probably feels and looks a lot more like two years ago, right, Doug? I mean, we were both on on the beat then. I don't mean to cut you out there, Bill, but no, it was just okay. like Ohio State was undefeated for a long time in 2013, and everybody thought for a while that they were going to be in the national championship race, and they kind of muddled around, and there were some games in there that weren't that impressive, and then at the end of the year, the air came out of the bag. So a lot of people want to talk about last year, and I think to a certain extent, um, you have to remember that Ohio State is returning a lot of players from a team that won a national championship, and I think that's part of the reason. But the number one thing Ohio State has going for it right now is that they're undefeated. And as we've known in the past, the recent past, undefeated at this point in the year isn't necessarily the only thing that you should feel like is propping you up. Last year at this point, they had that win at Michigan State. I walked in, and I'll never forget this, but I asked Urban Meyer after the Michigan State game in East Lansing last year, are you a playoff team? Because at that point, it actually was like they finally have a reason to be. And right now, Ohio State's only thing that is propping them up is that they're undefeated. And to be honest with you, a team that wasn't as good as last year should have been able to do the same thing with the schedule they have. Here, And I think this is where the, the argument... You need to define the argument, I think, before you have the argument. And I think there are two when you talk about really any team, but when you talk about Ohio State right now. Argument number one is, are they going to make the playoff? Okay. If they win out, they're in. I mean, nobody can dispute that. But like, and I said this a couple weeks ago, if you're just going to sit back and say, the rankings don't matter, they only matter at the end of the year... They win in the, then go home. Just go do something else. Don't participate in college football because yeah. you know. Don't root for the Patriots and say doesn't matter. If the Patriots go sixteen and zero. Go to see what happens in the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, why are you participating in sports discussions? Like, just leave. Nothing matters until the end. So we know that if they win, they're in. Okay, that's not a discussion. Like, that's not a fun, nuanced discussion. Just go bang your head against the wall. Yes, fact. It's a fact. If they win, they're in. Are they going to win? That is the second discussion. And that is based on what you've seen, based on how they've played, based on the players they have, based on what they do on the field, what they've done nine times this year. Are they going to win? And their schedule gets tougher. Of course it does. So are they going to beat Michigan State? Are they going to beat Michigan? Are they going to beat Iowa or whatever team it is from the West in the Big Ten Championship? That's the interesting discussion. And you base that discussion on what you've seen so far. And that's where if you are blindly saying, well, of course they're going to go 13-0. I think you're not watching what happens on the field. You're looking at the roster. They have the best players. 
But I don't have a certainty. Do I think they'll win? Yeah, I think they'll win. I predicted them, predicted them to win the national championship, and I would probably sit here right now and stand by that prediction. But I don't think what I've seen through nine games would make me think that's guaranteed. How much credibility did, did the Rutgers game buy them? Rutgers you, stinks. I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. If that is the the Rutgers game is the game that's being held up right now as the game that shows which team Ohio State is, and I don't think that means anything because Rutgers is terrible. Rutgers cannot be a worse football team. And if that's just that's your standard, we beat the crap out of Rutgers. Congratulations, you're supposed to. And you won the national championship last year. I think the most impressive win of the year is Penn State. And I think that that's interesting because that game is not the team that Ohio State is right now just based on the quarterback situation. That was still Cardale and JT, right? Right. So uh, Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think JT was the red zone quarterback in that game. and He they, started. That was, Cardale played most of the first half, but yeah. 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 So, if you want to use the standard of what their best win is, it's not going to match up with the team that Ohio State's going to be having to put on the field versus Michigan and Michigan State. And I predicted Ohio State would go undefeated this year. And right now, based on what I've seen, I think there is a likely – I'm not going to say likely. I think there is a chance Ohio State loses one of their final two regular season games. And I don't know how I'm going to feel um, you know, in the final two weeks, but I think there's a chance that I might pick one of those two teams to beat Ohio State because of what I've seen on the field. And the other thing that I find interesting is, and anybody who knows anything about me, and, and hopefully you guys are loyal and you do. And hopefully we're learning more and more things every day. Um, I think Las Vegas spreads are so, so fascinating to me. And Ohio State right now is a 16.5-point favorite, and that spread is becoming smaller. Against Illinois. Against Illinois on the road this week. And to me, that means that Ohio State, with JT Barrett as the starter, if things come true, which they often do in this crazy world of Vegas predicting games through their spreads, that means that Ohio State's going to have another lackluster game if that happens going into the Michigan State game. I think what Ohio State and what Urban Meyer always talks about and wants to see is an upward trajectory as the year goes on, and it seemed as if Ohio State was on that trajectory at the Rutgers game, and I think that that's what people are pointing at. They played their best, their most complete game against a bad team and beat them up really good. There were no worries. That was it. That was the team. Now, obviously, circumstances have changed with JT Barrett being suspended and them having to go into a game with Cardale, and maybe they took a step back. But if Ohio State goes into this game this weekend against an Illinois team that has no business competing with the roster that Ohio State's going to field and wins 28-14 or whatever the score might be based on that spread, I don't know how good you could possibly feel going into the last two games thinking that there's no chance this Ohio State team is vulnerable to losing. All right, let's take a quick step back for a second. We're getting a little hard, you know, hmm. as, as, which is good. This is re- hashtag real talk. <laughs> Does Ohio State... Have the best talent in the country. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think... I don't know. Yes. Yes. Do they have the best coach? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, top three. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, they are positioned in every way to do this. And I think that has affected my evaluation of this because... And we've talked to enough people to know this is true. This is the year. This is the year. Last year was early. Mm-hmm. It, 
this was not, oh, can they win in 2014 and then repeat in 2015. This team is, can they win in 2015? Holy moly, they won in 2014 when they weren't supposed to. So everything about this team pointed to this year. They should be peaking. Yeah. Based on their experience, based on the people they had back, based on the fact that it is a class, it is a team driven by the 2013 recruiting class. Those guys are in their third years right now, have played a lot. They should be the best they've ever been. And I know it takes time. And I know they've made that argument that just because the offensive line had four starters returning doesn't mean you should have compared week three offensive line this year to week 15 offensive line last year. Okay. It's, it's, it's nine games in now. Okay. So the offensive line, for as a specific example, is playing better. Right. Um, but but it should this team should be rounding into form. It's not early anymore. They should be what they're gonna be, and and I think it's okay to in a lot of ways compare this team to the best of what last year's team was because it's all in a lot of ways I think the same trajectory because so many of the people are back. So many of those guys were learning on the fly last year. You know, this is part of the same climb, I think. This is, yes, it's a new season. But but I didn't start them back at ground zero. Hmm. You know, they, they're the national champions with all the players that mattered. Practically everybody back that mattered. So that's what I'm judging them on. And the other thing you judge them on is, are they as good as Clemson? Are they as good as Alabama? Are they as good as Baylor? Are they as good as LSU? Are they as, you know... Notre Dame, you're judging them against everybody else also. And, Bill, are they as good? What, what you saw, even just the highlights of Alabama LSU, does that, do you think you plop Ohio State into the middle of the Alabama LSU game and they'd be fine? No, no. I think that was, <clears throat> that was probably about as close to peak Alabama as you're going to get, especially the way they played defensively in that game. And Ohio State... I know. I mean, it's hypotheticals, but for his, they've looked lost on offense a lot this year. I mean, with both guys at quarterback now, it's been better with JT Barrett, obviously. But no, if you put Ohio State, if you put Ohio State into that Alabama LSU game, if you put Ohio State into that Florida State Clemson game, if you put Ohio State into that TCU Oklahoma State game, I'm not. Of course, Ohio State's going to win. That's I would never feel that way. Not not right now. Uh, I don't either. I, I think that it's like I and I, I think the thing too is why. Right? I mean, the the idea of why is Ohio State not peaking? Or does it not seem like it's peaking? And I think there's a lot of answers for that. And I think, you know, they lost some guys, of course, but I think that the idea that offensively especially it looks kind of like you said, they've been lost at times. And it's like I think they've also been kind of hampered by this quarterback situation that for whatever reason just won't go away. I mean, there's multiple reasons for it. Um, and now it has, but there's been no, like... You know, when you say don't start at ground zero, even if you start with the building halfway up, I just kind of feel like some of the building keeps getting knocked down and they have to start over again rather than building all the way. So, like, Alabama has suffered a loss, but at the same time, I think that they've had some continuity and something to build off of, and I think Ohio State's lacked that. Um, And I'm not sure that Ohio State would beat anybody 
that's in the top three right now. Um, and that's just because, based on what we should expect from them in a reasonable way, they don't look... And I think every team is flawed, but they don't look like the team that we envisioned this team would be in August. I mean, they're not even close to what I thought they would be. And they just... They haven't been tested. You know, they, they can only play the teams on their schedule. But I, I just feel like if they had played, let's say, three top 25 teams or two top 15 teams or something, I don't, I don't know that they would be undefeated right now. I feel like they've been, they've, you know, it's always the argument, are they playing down to their level of competition? I, I don't know what excuse you want to make. Indiana, the Indiana game could have been won by Indiana if Indiana was slightly more competent to seize that. They almost won day. the game with Xander Diamant at quarterback. And say that again. Indiana almost beat Ohio State with Xander Diamant at quarterback. So that's that's what we're talking about. And and I think Urban Meyer has, has handled a lot of this in a very he's handled it great. I mean he's a great coach. No doubt about that. Um, and after the games, he he is is you know the best thing about being whatever and O is the chance to go whatever and whatever and O. And he's all about we won. However it happened, we won. And then during the week, he's he's often pretty honest about this needs to be better, that needs to be better, this needs to be better. So. Um, you know, if you have blind faith in Ohio State, and, and that's what fans should have. I mean, that's a wonderful thing. And it's not blind when you're the defending national champions with this kind of talent and this kind of coach. But I don't think Urban Meyer has that. I don't think Urban Meyer every day goes, we're good. I, we, we got this. We're fine. There's nothing that, you know, we're, we're going to be back there. No worries. I think that we always... As our jobs and are always analyzing what, like Doug always says, this might go like on like my journalism like background in thirty years. Our job is to see what has already happened to help us understand what might happen next, right, Doug? Journalism that sounds like something that I may have said. I've stolen from someone else and repeated, but yes, <laughs> that's going to be one day when I'm teaching journalism courses. I'm going to have a picture of Doug on the whiteboard at the University of Hawaii, and he's going to be screaming at everyone through the. <laughs> They're going to say, "Is that that guy who's in prison now?" <laughs> um, but I think that all this could go away quickly because I think it went away last year quickly when Ohio State did what it did to Michigan State. If Ohio State comes out and beats up Michigan State, I think that I would be at ease picking them to win it all again. So. Yeah. Maybe the fact that they haven't been tested yet is also a detriment to how I feel about them. But what we've seen so far is not what it should have been and what we thought it was going to be. And the idea of them, and I I don't even know if we've hit this hard enough, but the idea of them being better statistically than they were a year ago is bogus. Right? I mean, I, I just... This is the number one argument that we've seen and that Doug has seen online saying, well, through eight or nine games last year, they were only averaging so-and-so points, and right now they're averaging five more points a game. And it's like they should not be compared to what they were in the middle of a season last year when nobody thought they were that good. I mean, I'll let you take it away, Doug, because it's your point, but it's just like that's... They're punting more, which I think is an interesting thing. They are punting significantly more often than they did last year. Cam Johnson, I think, right now has 41 punts. And I think all of last year, that's three, he has 41 point punts 
in nine games. I think last year in 15 games, he had like 48 punts. So they're punting more. That, that to me, is a thing. You know, but again, the, the, the thing that is um, interesting is that, you know, we're comp- right now Ezekiel Elliott is Ezekiel Elliott. This time a year ago, Ezekiel Elliott was wasn't those. Ezekiel Elliott yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. JT Barrett is JT Barrett. A year ago, JT Barrett was still, you know, had never played college football before. Now he's the guy who's in the second year of starting as the fifth place finisher in the Heisman. You know, there are just so many things in place. Um, you know, as Urban Meyer said, you know, Billy Price in the playoff last year like was a different player than he was early in the year. Well, now Billy Price is a two-year starter on the offensive line. And, like, that shouldn't reset, right? Not to no. zero. Not to zero. It's like my – your kids, if you don't – the teachers tell you to read over the summer, right? Mm-hmm. So my daughter, <clears throat> between second grade and third grade, if you, if you don't read at all, you don't go back to preschool level. Yeah. You don't get to third grade and open a book and say, I don't know, what are these squiggly lines? You maybe have to remind yourself, you know, that the E makes the, the consonant be a long, you know, like the vowel, I mean, yeah. long vowel. <laughs> I don't even know those rules. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't, you, you don't forget how to open the book. You know, like you, it's not all the way back. So that's, they had a lot of things in place to be, Better from the get go, and 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 maybe you know, just uh, there are other teams that have just maybe done a little more when you thought Ohio State would be the team sort of leading the way in this kind of stuff. And I will say, you know, like in two thousand six, when Ohio State had a lot of good players back and was number one in the preseason, and they went undefeated during the regular season, and they were number one the whole way, and they didn't. They weren't perfect every week, but they were sort of like the number one team all the way along. And, and they looked we, it. They looked it. And here we are, and, and like they haven't really followed that model. Now, that model got them beaten by Urban Meyer in the national championship game. So maybe that's not the right model either. But and, and, and I guess the point, the last point I want to make as I belabor this topic, I remember asking Luke Fickle that one time. Uh, Luke Fickle, when he was the head coach in 2011, I said, like, not to belabor the point, but I'm going to belabor the point. Yeah. Um, just because they might look great against Michigan State and Michigan and run the table and win their last five games by 30 points a game and repeat as national champions doesn't mean anybody was wrong to question them about letting Indiana to throw, throw a pass into the end zone on the last play of the game. You know what I mean? Like, it's not... The ends doesn't justify every single mean. And you just say, see? I knew they'd be fine. It's like, you're still allowed to say, wow. They look bad. They look yeah. bad against yeah. Minnesota. Like, that's that's okay. Because... They look you know, bad against Minnesota. <laughs> for instance, you know, a lot of people in Urban Meyer's first year um, were, you know, predicting great things for Ohio State. And it was like, what are you doing predicting great things? It's a first-year coach. There's always an adjustment. You know, no one's going to come in and go 12-0. and And, of course, he came in and went 12-0, and right? So everybody who predicted them to go 12-0 and is a genius. And if you talk to Urban Meyer today, he would tell you, oh, I thought we were going to be 8-4. You know, like... <laughs> Like, that's real. He was realistically real. evaluating what he expected, and he didn't expect 12-0. 12-0 was kind of a miracle. So you're allowed to realistically evaluate things, and the realistic evaluation is 
supreme, elite, unbelievable talent. A guy who potentially could go down into the greatest college football coach of all time. And a boring win against Minnesota. Like those three things are all, they can all be true. Mm -hmm. And that's okay for all those things to be true together. Especially if they turn the switch. It just means they turn the switch. Like I, I think that to me personally, I think if they go out and they beat Michigan State by a lot, there's a chance they could hop up to one or two in the playoff committee's eyes because I still think they still have some credibility. And the reason why they're not number one right now is because they haven't done that yet. But if, again, I, like Doug just said, if they do that and they turn it on and they win the national championship, I don't think that it means that we were wrong for questioning whether or not they could do that based on what we've already seen. But that was the committee's thing, right? Isn't that what Jeff Long said when the rankings came out this week is that Ohio State is number three because we're waiting. Like, that's that's their yeah. rationale. I mean, you know, honestly, if, if you would go by the, the a lot of the schedule arguments that the committee goes by, I think Ohio State's closer to five than they are to yeah. one in a lot of ways. And I think, actually, that, that talent... That belief that they're going to be better, be better is what's allowing them to be as high as three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they definitely, it seems like, you know, the committee, I think all their reasoning for every team isn't all the same. It's not like, they don't just say schedule strength is the number one thing. You know, they, they factor a lot of things in. And what Ohio State is, is hanging its hat on right now is that they have a lot of really good players and a really good coach. And everyone's expecting that they're going to play better and look better, but they just honestly would assess that it hasn't really been there yet. Somebody said to Doug uh, after the Ohio State game on Saturday, uh, as we were walking back up after interviews, saying that national championship last year, how are they going to be left out? And Doug, like, exploded, and I was nervous (laughs) for my life. Um, And I, I think that there is a certain credibility that this team has because of that. Not because they won the national championship last year, but because I think it gives you a window into what players on this team are capable of. And that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with what you just said, Doug, about the idea that people are waiting for the team that they think Ohio State is based on their resume that might date back to last year to snap out of it. So, again, they win, they're in, that's fine. But if they lose a game and all you have all year is what we've seen so far, I don't think that Ohio State, especially with one loss, is going to waltz into the playoff. And, and we've had this debate, and I think this has been borne out with the way the committee evaluates things. Of their three remaining regular season games, if you said Ohio State must lose one of these three games, which game do you pick to be a loss on their resume, they would be best served by losing to Illinois. Yeah. Because the committee, they did it last year with Virginia Tech. It wasn't that albatross was the word that was out there early. But they did enough to remove the albatross. Um, Alabama's already done that with the old Miss loss this year. If you have a loss that can be described more as a fluke, and then when you play good teams, you win, that proves more to the committee than beating all the bad teams, and then when you finally play a good team, you lose. So the thing, the only way that any of this will catch up with Ohio State, to repeat, win and they're in, win and they're in, win and they're in, win and they're in, 13-0, they're in, they're in, they're in. They've, that's been the case from the beginning of the season. If Ohio State is 13-0, they will be in the playoff. 
if they are not and they lose to Michigan State or Michigan in the regular season, if they get if it's an undefeated Iowa Ohio State Big Ten championship game, that's a playing game. Mm-hmm. You know they're not going to lose the Big Ten championship game and make it. If they would somehow lose a regular season game and still get the Big Ten championship bid, um, that's where what has happened so far would maybe bite them because they would then be in that battle with the other one-loss teams, and I think maybe they've lost some ground in that potential battle. And that's where you were saying that last year's national championship is irrelevant. That's the point because, yeah. again, the discuss- of, again, to discuss winning their end is not even worth discussing because it's obvious. But that thing, oh... The fact that they're defending national champs, would that come into play if they have a loss? No. No. You know, Florida State, people want to make Florida State comparisons. Florida State was the defending national champion last year, um, undefeated. And they, like, almost, like, the committee tried to not put them in, basically. Like, they were third, kind of like, well, I guess, you know. But if Florida State had had one loss last year, they would no way would they have made the playoff. No, yeah. And that, this year, this year, this year, this year. So enjoy your national championship fans last year, but that's not going to get them in with a loss. They might still get in based on the resume, depending on how like it plays out. Who knows where that loss would come from, this hypothetical loss. But right now, we are criticizing a schedule and a resume that they've put together right now that might not be enough to keep them afloat if they do lose. Okay, let's add this before we wrap um, Bill Landis is Ohio State a great team? A great team? A great team? Uh, not no, not right now. Not right now. Okay, I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna say they're a great team. This was supposed to be like <laughs> yes, I was trying yes, to make yes. us all like oh, <laughs> puff them up a little bit here at the end. Do they have great players? Yes. Do they have a great coach? Yes. The bar is so high. The bar is so high. The discussion that we just had. You could not have at any other Big Ten school. If do you think that the Iowa podcast this week is being like, well, Iowa's undefeated, but they still stink? <laughs> no, no, of course not. Yeah. They're dancing in the streets in <laughs> Iowa and they're undefeated. They can't believe it. It's a miracle that Iowa's undefeated. This is the standard to have this type of discussion about an undefeated defending national champion is a sign of respect yep. to the program to the talent, to the coaching. This is elite. This is high achieving. This is a chase for history. This is the grind. Can't believe Did you guys watch The Grinder, by the way? No, it's supposed to be great. I, try, I, I tweeted this week that I watched The Grinder, and I was kind of like making a joke about The Grind, and I just got a couple responses that were like, yeah, The Grinder's great. <laughs> um, it's a really good show. You should watch it. Um, so this is... This is what happens when you are so good and you are on a, a record-winning streak. They are currently on the longest win streak in the history of college football for regular season conference games. They're tied with Florida State at 29. If they beat Illinois, they will have the all-time record for regular season conference wins. And we will look at that win and say, Whatever. They especially still if it's played anyone. Especially if it's somewhere around the number of the spread. Yeah, it's twenty. They don't win fifty-two to ten this weekend. I'm gonna be like, what is wrong with this team? And, like honestly, and that like that Doug said though, we take pride at Cleveland.com in trying to keep it real, and I think that we should 
and we do see negativity in a very positive situation based on how great they've been. And we're holding them to the standard that Urban Meyer created here, and I think he might appreciate that. And listen, the Big Ten is getting better, clearly. Yeah. The better Big Ten has not shown itself on Ohio State's schedule so far. So we're having a lot of the same discussions that we had early in the Urban Meyer tenure when it was like, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, because the Big Ten wasn't any good. So Michigan State and Michigan are excluded from that discussion. They are coming. Penn State is maybe getting there, except when Christian Hackenberg plays Ohio State, he takes 50 sacks and throws it to the other team like, you know, I'm not going to get too excited about Ohio State beating Penn State, but they, you know, the West, I think, in, in a lot of ways has been better than people thought. It's just Ohio State hasn't played any of those teams. They haven't played Iowa. They haven't played Northwestern. They haven't played Wisconsin. Their teams from the West are Minnesota, who's worse than they've been, and Illinois this week. So they're just they're just not seeing it. They're, they, they, Michigan and Michigan State are coming, and they're not getting the other ones. So they've played the dregs of this conference, um, and that's real. And if they destroy Michigan State, we will come back and we will talk about that and we will talk about yeah. how good Ohio they can State change. is. They can change my mind in one game. Like they did last year. That was a great <laughs> game last year. I, I, I'll say it again. I thought for as good as the championship run was, I thought that Michigan State game was the best game they played all year. So we kind of stayed on topic uh, other than a little bit of Ari's dating life. We are pondering a separate fast casual restaurant um, <laughs> Overrated podcast. Restaurant. That would go really in-depth on burritos. Um, If we do that, we will also post that. But for now, thank you for listening to the Bad Podcast. Again, we are the Cleveland.com Ohio State coverage team. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 15 stories a day sometimes at Cleveland.com. Big things planned for Michigan State Week, for Michigan Week. Um, So if you have not checked us out, please do so. Cleveland.com slash OSU. You can follow us on Twitter. Once again, I'm Doug Maurice with Ari Wasserman and Bill Landis. Thanks for listening to The Bad Podcast.